Good morning, everyone. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Oh God, who has always been calling your people to yourself, we come to this time to discern your words of direction and guidance. Stir up our imaginations. Meet us here now in this place, in this time with these people. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So I came to this moment with the gear that I go to Harrisburg with, that I show up to rallies and demonstrations to because today we get to celebrate. Does anybody know why? Now? Well, in case you have not heard, this Tuesday, February 7th, Commonwealth Court President Judge Renee Cohn, and I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry, uh, Jubilier, okay, uh, issued a ruling declaring that Pennsylvania's unfair school funding system to be unconstitutional. Yeah. This nearly 800-page ruling comes as a result of a lawsuit that was brought forth in 2014 in the making by six school districts, several parents, the State Conference of the NAACP, and the Pennsylvania Association of Rural and Small Schools. The four-month trial ended in March of 2022, so we're almost a year after the trial ended, and the ruling was issued this week. February 2023. Nearly 10 years of advocacy, rallies, letter writing, demonstrations, nonviolent protests, one ending with clergy being arrested at the Capitol, phone calls, one to one meetings with government officials, unending persistent work. On behalf of all students in Pennsylvania, if you have been a part of this movement in any capacity in the past 10 years, will you please stand up? In, in your heart, absolutely. Will you please join me in offering gratitude and celebration of this momentous effort? You can be seated. You see, the actual lawsuit was filed and fought by a very specific group of people. But the work that happened while that was happening was being enacted by countless others. And I'm not even going to be able to mention all of them, but I want to mention some. Parents, educators, school administrators, students, churches, clergy, school board members, and advocacy organizations such as Power, Interfaith, and Pennsylvania's Pennsylvanians for Fair Funding, which many of the people in this room have been connected with. And here in Pottstown, the people in this community has shown up and shown out, and we should be very proud of that. Like, so proud. How many buses did we take to Harrisburg? We took three buses full of Pottstonians, like not even people from Philadelphia. Like when we 
when we kind of took over the, uh, what is it called? Uh, Rotunda, it went up like four stories, right? Because we are one of the school districts that have suffered the effects of these now defined unconstitutional policies for a very long time. 13 million underfunded dollars to be exact, now finally recognized as unconstitutional affected. For years, we're talking about half a generation of students who have had their deserved resources withheld from them and given to kids in a more wealthier white zip code. This community has felt the effects of being unconstitutionally disadvantaged, and we keep deciding over and over to keep fighting. I love Pottstown. We keep fighting until our kids get what's theirs. Because it's not just an issue for us, right? It's actual children's real lives, day in, day out, that this gets experienced. I was reading uh, one of these amazing articles that came out this week um, that was saying a kid who was in kindergarten when the trial started, which meant it was already underfunded before then, this is when the trial was actually filed, would now be in like seventh, eighth, ninth grade. That's like big chunk of your education. So this week we celebrate because injustice being recognized as such is huge. Once it's recognized, once that top has been blown off, you can't keep it buried anymore. Praise be to God. At the heart of the matter of the fair funding movement is really this. Every child deserves the opportunity to flourish. Full stop. There are so many factors involved in that that a school district cannot solve. I'll give you that. We don't have control over all of those factors, but access to resources is something we need to and absolutely can secure. And we need to do so in a way that is equitable to every student, which means Everybody doesn't get the same amount of money, but everybody gets what they need, right? Well, that kind of understanding is what's at the core of these two passages that we read today. Choose the way of life. Choose the way of life for y'all. Better yet, choose the way of life for all y'all. We do a mistake when we read our scriptures as a personal letter to individuals. Is there stuff in here that we as individuals need to take responsibility for? Absolutely. But in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, we talked about him forever ago back in the fall, but Moses is speaking to an entire people. He's not just talking to like, the leaders or the priests. He's talking to the whole people. On God's behalf, calling people into covenant relationship with this God and with one another after they were delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. 
God is helping oppressed people become a free people, using the law to help them form a way of life together. Because life in slavery is very different than life in freedom. At the heart of the law is a desire to form a healthy, thriving community, a community where not only individuals can flourish, but where everyone in this people can flourish, and also where all peoples, even other nations, can flourish. Because remember, this people were called and blessed by God to be a blessing to the nations. And Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, we've been reading this sermon for a couple weeks now, but in this particular section, he is, again, speaking to a crowd. So he's not just talking to the 12. He's not just talking to his family. He's not just talking to the people who lived on either side of his house. He's speaking to a crowd of disciples and would-be disciples, not just his favorites, not just a handful of people, in his teaching. He reflects on the very same law that Deuteronomy was mentioning generations before. He doesn't say that the law is no longer relevant. He continues to expound on it. To say it's not okay to just keep the letter of the law. Dig deeper. Remember why the law is in place in the first place. Choose life for y'all, for all y'all. It starts inside, though. It's not just behavior. It starts here. Don't just murder. I mean, congratulations. It's really good that you're not murdering people. But if you hate your neighbor, no. Stop doing that. Don't harbor hate inside. Don't just not cheat on your spouse. Okay, that's great. Keep your thought life in check as well. And respect the person that you might be reducing to an object for your pleasure, not to mention your spouse. Make repairs when you can because this is about y'all, not just you and your ego. Dissension tears at the fabric of community. And you got to root that out. These scriptures are designed to be received by and for a community. If one part of the community is flourishing, but folks are being overlooked or looked down upon or at its worst abused and used, we aren't really looking after y'all. So there's a translation of our gospel passage that really gets the heart of this idea of communal responsibility and reciprocity that I'd like to share with you. And it's from the First Nations version of this text, an indigenous version of this text, a tribal people, a people who recognize that what I do matters for your well-being. Pay attention to what words stick out to you. I have a couple, but I'm wondering what sticks out to you.
The title of this section is called Respect Toward All. This is the same text that Luke read earlier, just a different translation. You've heard that our ancestors were told long ago, do not take another person's life. And whoever does will have to answer to the tribal council. But I tell you, everyone who is angry toward a fellow human being will have to give an answer to the tribal council. If they speak with disrespect to someone saying, you hollow head, they will also face the tribal council. If they curse someone by saying, I apologize, you damn fool, it's in the Bible, they may end up in the valley of smoldering fire. So if you are offering a gift at Creator's Ceremonial Lodge, and there remember that a tribal member has something against you, leave your gift and go make things right. Then you can come back and finish the ceremony. Resolving conflict with dignity. If someone has a complaint against you and takes you before the village council, work out an agreement before you get there. You know how to decide things for yourselves. The council might decide against you and turn you over to the ones who have the power to put you in prison. The truth is, there is no way out of there until honor has been restored. Honoring our women. There's a little note. Most women in the time of creator sets free, Jesus, were dominated by men and were often treated as property and looked down on with disrespect. So he said to the men, you have heard the saying, you must not have sexual relations with another man's wife. But I tell you this, any man who looks at a woman and wants his way with her has already done so in his heart. This is not how the great spirit wants us to see our sisters. If your right eye sees in this way, gouge it out and throw it away. If your right hand does harm to her, cut it off and throw it away. It is better to lose a part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into the valley of smoldering fire. Anything stick out to you in this one? Hmm. Yeah. Lots of it. Any, any? Creator's Lodge, yeah. Yeah. The things that stood out to me. You know how to decide things for yourselves. You know what's right. Quit acting a fool. Quit saying you need the council to decide this for you. Do what's right. Also, this is not how the great spirit wants us to see our sisters. I've often read this as a, read this scripture as a um, warning against cheating on your spouse, um, at, at looking lustfully at another person. But in this particular context, it's a dehumanization of women. And yes, I think it's important not to, for women not to cheat on their spouse either, but it gets at the heart of what's, what Jesus is saying here. What you do matters. It matters to your neighbor and it matters to the people you love. I can see that there is a call for individual responsibility. Absolutely, always. 
but it's always brought back to this context of community, to our responsibility to one another, to our responsibility to notice the image of God in everyone, their belovedness, their humanity, and a value in honoring and allowing others to maintain their own sense of dignity. I think that's often where we fall short. The late Archbishop Desmond Tutu stated it this way, I'm human because you are human. My humanity is caught up in yours. And if you are dehumanized, I am dehumanized. From a man who suffered much, he knows what it's like to be dehumanized. And this is especially true when considering our poorest neighbors our neighbors most on the margins of our water, wider society, but even and especially in the church, we are not exempt from this. As our scriptures reflect and as Jesus embodied in his life and his teachings, God's eye is always on the most vulnerable, always. And is always calling faithful people to see them too to make provisions and space at the table for folks who are often cast aside and even despised. These commitments and values are what makes for a healthy and thriving community when everyone has that access, not just people with power, not just people with money. This is what it means to choose life, to trust that God is for everyone, for you, for y'all, and for all y'all, and therefore internalizing that same value as a people. So in the ruling that was announced on Tuesday, the judge declared that a system that favors some kids over others is setting up an incredibly unfair and unjust situation that advances, advantages some students while severely hindering others. That's not one we can allow as a society, not morally, but also not legally. She didn't spell out what the future looks like. I remember asking Laura, so what now? What does this mean? I, go, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to try and, and make a better way, right? But with the authority that she holds, she held up a mirror to our very own state constitution and said, fix this. These laws are here to provide, protect, and to hold us accountable for creating a society where everyone has what they need to thrive, to flourish, all y'all. Now get to work. In our final moments here together, I wanna offer you a couple moments to share any reflections that you might have, or maybe an opportunity to share some words of celebration. I know that um, going to protest and doing some of the work is fun um, when you get people together who have a very similar vision. It is fun, um, but it it's it's fighting an uphill battle, and this is a big deal. So, if you have some words um, of celebration, please share them, because there's no shortage of conflict, injustice, and suffering, and it feels important to acknowledge and celebrate this important step. 
in the right direction, to praise God for progress that directly impacts our community and our children and families. I spoke to my friend, Will Fuller, many of you know him, and I said, we should have a party. Like we had a big protest on the front yard of Pottstown Middle School and it felt wonderful to be together. What if we like threw a block party and said, hey, some of this work has actually gotten us somewhere. So actually would ask you if you feel like saying something to come up to a microphone and share. Um, please be mindful that, you know, everybody needs a chance. So, you know, try to keep your, your thoughts um, concise uh, and that everybody has an opportunity to share. Laura Johnson, everyone. I honestly don't, I don't know exactly what to say other than um, I'm reminded of the Martin Luther King Jr. quote about the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. And this feels like that. And it, there will be a lot more work and it also needs to continue to be fought for, um, which I think I think those who are involved know that, that it's not like this is just it. It's it's not. Um, yeah, no, it's not over. And it's been years and years in the making and there will be more years, but we've already seen some actual substantial progress even before the rolling. So this just feels like, I don't know, a little bit of a, it's definitely a win and it's definitely a validation of, of that we're on the right track. With my collar on. I'm so very grateful for, I'm going to cry, all the people who had a heart for justice for our children. Thousands of people. Pottstown people who showed up with three buses, and, and many people drove, so it wasn't just three buses. And it was, it was more, more people than Philadelphia brought. Pottstown people have known for years about the $13 million a year underfunded, over $65 million over time. I took students to uh, a workshop uh, from Pottstown High School, and I said to the leader of this, this other group who was working on um, you know, fair funding, but not equity, and I said, you know, see these two students who are juniors? If they have siblings who are in kindergarten, when those siblings are juniors, we're gonna be right here where we are now. It's all about equity for every child in this commonwealth. And, and again, I'm so very grateful for all the people who worked so hard for years and years and years to make this a reality. And, and, and for the judge who listened intently to the cruel and harsh things that the lawyers for the opposition said, that, that children who are going to work at McDonald's anyway, why do they need to learn biology? And we provide pencils and desks for children, so that's providing a thorough and efficient education. And, and I don't know how anybody with a heart could possibly think that that is justice for our children. 
So again, I'm thankful, grateful for everyone who had a part in this. Thank you. So I just want to acknowledge, really? Yeah. I just want to acknowledge Marlene and Laura. Um, I don't feel like any of this would have happened without them. I wouldn't have known anything about fair funding had it not been for Marlene. So thank you both for not stopping, for educating us, and making us aware of how much it affects the kids in Pottstown. Thank you. And on a related but not related note, I want to lift up our dear friend and partner, David Charles, whose organization Strive, which is based in Pottstown Middle School and seeks to connect uh children with mentors in the community, not only to lift up those children, but also to convince people in the community that the kids of Pottstown are great, um, worked for a whole year to acquire grant money so that he could fulfill this vision, this dream that he had and was able to purchase almost $30,000 worth of equipment for the middle school to create a professional recording studio for music um, hire professionals to teach middle schoolers how to write songs, how to record them, how to produce them, how to DJ, how to create these things, created, uh, uh, purchased video equipment as well for them. And we have built an entire podcasting studio in the middle school. And starting next week, I will be working there to help children develop their own stories and speak those stories and own their voices. And so this sort of work that's being done on the side as well here is uh, just incredible as well. So We're staying up here. All right. Praise be to God, honestly. I, I've been thinking about, like, I've only been here for five years. And I think this happened in 2018, the buses? Or was it 2019? Yeah, like the second year I was here, I rode a bus with a bunch of people I didn't know and came away with so many friends where I met Laura. This is where uh, Marlene and I go way back. But um this is a big win. It really is a big win. And I, and I, I totally agree, Laura. This is not the end. Um, still a lot of work to do. But certainly, let's stop and celebrate. Please. Let us remind us to always choose life for all. For y'all. May it remind us that we serve a God whose very heart rests in this desire. May it be so. Amen.